Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing, connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. Welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. In this episode, I want to talk about the importance of caring for your friends. And more specifically, caring for your friends in ways that lead them to feel cared for. And I'm specifying it in that way because just because you care about or love someone doesn't mean that they feel cared for or loved. You know, someone said that to me once and it really stuck with me. And it has definitely had an effect on the way I think about my interactions with other people ever since that time. And I was inspired to do this episode to think about caring for our friends uh, after I met up with a friend on Friday for coffee. It's Monday as I'm recording this. I have a friend who started as a colleague. She's still a colleague, but that's how we met and we became friends. And honestly, I'm still, I still don't know her super well. We're really still in the getting to know each other phase. But she's someone who really makes an effort to connect and be in touch. So from day one, you know, she's routinely suggested that we get for together for lunch or coffee or whatever. I think even the first conversation we had when we connected to speak about a mutual client, you know, we talked about even having a monthly phone call just to talk about you know, what comes up being in private practice. And so she's a person who's always made an effort to connect. And I was supposed to meet her for lunch in December, right, you know, right after the time I broke my foot, uh, which is healing, by the way, for those of you who are following along with my injury, I am walking more and more each day, which is amazing feels so good. But I was supposed to meet this friend for lunch and, you know, mid-December, and I decided to cancel. Um, I definitely could have met her, (laughs) but it would have been a lot for me at that time. I, you know, really wasn't going anywhere. So I reached out to cancel. And she really could not have been kinder or more supportive when she heard that I broke my foot and I just couldn't get around. I mean, she even offered to take my son, who she's never met, and her kids have never met, but she offered to take him on a play date or to her, at her house if I needed help in that way. And for those of you listening who are parents, you know that this is a huge deal. Like, no one does that, or it very rarely offers to take your kids. <laughs> I know, I, I've never done that. I might do it now because I understand you know, how meaningful it is. And, but she did, you know, I think we, I think that we don't do that, not because we're bad people who don't want to help people out, but, you know, I don't know other people's kids. I don't know what to do with them. I think that's what I worry about the most, but anyway, it's rare that people do that, but she did. And it meant a lot to me, even though I didn't take her up on it because I didn't end up needing it. So fast forward to this month, you know, I've been doing a lot more. I'm getting out, I'm walking, I'm making an effort to re-engage in my life, even though I'm still not quite steady on my feet and using crutches a little bit, but I'm I'm really making an effort. And so I rescheduled our lunch um, to a day when it happened to be forecasted to snow in the afternoon, a few inches right around lunchtime. So as you can imagine, 
I once again was a little bit overwhelmed. I wasn't sure how much it was going to snow. So I asked to reschedule one more time because I didn't know if I could, you know, get easily where we were going. So, um, so I texted her, asked to reschedule. She understood. And we agreed to meet this past Friday after my PT appointment, my physical therapy appointment, you know, and because I had that appointment, we could only meet for about, you know, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, because she needed, you know, to pick up her kids at 255 from school. So it was really a very brief get together under an hour. But she really, she said she really wanted to see me and and hear how I was doing. You know, I I had, because I offered her a time, you know, a few weeks from now when I have more time, but she said, no, let's do it today. I really want to see you, which again was so nice to hear. So I met her for coffee. And during our time together, she really gave me the floor for almost like the whole time to hear the details of my last 10 weeks. And she validated all the ways in which it was difficult for me, you know, the ways in which it was hard. It's hard to be disabled, even if it's temporarily disabled. And the emotional toll that my injury had taken on me. I mean, she listened intently to all of it with a genuine interest Maybe not because every detail was so fascinating to her, but it seemed to be because she really cares about me and what I went through. You know, there were points when I realized that I was dominating the conversation because, you know, I can tell a good story. So that can happen. (laughs) So there was a point, there were points when I realized that was happening, but she didn't seem to mind at all. And in fact, almost welcomed it and asked more questions and really engaged. And I felt a little guilty about that, I have to say. You know, that guilt when you're like, oh, you know, I spent the whole time talking about me. But I have to admit, it was really nice to receive that much care and attention. And as we were leaving, she said, you know, we should do this again in a few weeks. You know, that date I had given her in a few weeks where I had more time, she said, how about that date? And so we settled on that date and decided we would get together again in three weeks. And all that happened in just 50 minutes, under an hour. (laughs) And I'm emphasizing that because it proves that you can care for your friends and create connection in just a short amount of time. So many people I talk to about friendships say they don't have enough time and everybody's busy, but this just goes to show it doesn't take long. You know, you can meet someone at a place nearby, have a cup of coffee in less than an hour and really create connection. Um, But more importantly, it illuminated for me you know, why it's important, you know, to care for your friends in your interactions with them. I'm, you know, I'm not a particularly like naturally nurturing or caring person, which as I'm saying it out loud sounds terrible. It's not that I don't care about people. I definitely do. And as a doctor, you know, I'm technically always caring for patients in my work, but it doesn't always come naturally to me to be so caring even though I care about my friends very much. So this interaction with my colleague friend really started me thinking about how to be intentional about caring for my friends in ways that make them feel cared for or more likely to feel cared for. And how feeling cared for or loved is an important part of creating connection, creating that closeness and connection that so many of you want in your friendships. And the first thing I'll say about that is that not everyone is the same. So if you really want to know what to do for your friends, just ask them. You know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Just ask them. 
Most of us don't ask and we make assumptions about what people want, which often works well. You know, my friend didn't ask me, like, how can I care for you? She just showed up and cared for me. But if you really want to know and you want to feel closer to your friends, ask them. And just the act of asking them will probably go a long way in making your friend feel cared for and want to create a closer, more connected relationship. It did for me when when a different friend asked me a few weeks ago how she could better support me or be there for me. You know, so it's pretty simple, right? Uh, but But if it's so simple, why don't more people ask their friends more often what they need? And I don't know for sure, but I wonder if it relates to a fear of not being able to meet someone else's needs or a fear of obligation or a fear of vulnerability. It's probably a little bit of all of that, you know, but, uh, you know, so we're, we're all busy, like I said. And so this fear that if somebody says they need something and you don't have the time or it's one more thing to do, that might, you might feel overwhelmed. But you're not obligated to do everything your friend suggests just because they suggest it. And I would, in fact, invite you to be honest about what you can and can't do for your friends when they tell you what it is that they want from you or need from you, because even that honesty will go a long way. It opens up the lines of communication and it allows for negotiation so that both of you are able to feel more satisfied in the friendship. If your friend says that she wants you to call her every day and talk to her for an hour and you don't have an hour every day to talk to her, you can say, or want, or you don't even want to do that. You can say, I can't talk on the phone for an hour a day, but I can talk once a week for 30 minutes or whatever it is that you can do. So instead of never discussing your expectations for the friendships and feeling resentful or unsatisfied, you can discuss it and negotiate and figure out ways that you can. And there are other things you can do to care for your friends without even asking them. You can make an effort to remember their birthday and other important details of their lives. You know, I spoke to someone last week who said that she writes down her friends' birthdays and favorite candy in her phone. You know, what a great idea. (laughs) We always have our phone with us, most of us, at least I do. So jotting down these details in your phone So you can personalize your interactions with your friends is a great idea because you always have your phone and then you you will always know. Or setting a reminder. I set reminders in my phone. I'm at that age. So setting a reminder to call them or text them once a week or once a month, you know, making a monthly lunch or coffee date with them. You know, I was reading this book and um I think it's called We Should Get Together. I always have the book across the room when I'm recording this, but that was one of the things she said is that she suggested creating a reminder to um, once a month to reach out to five new friends and five old friends. Um, And so really like reminding yourself, it sounds like a lot of work, but I think it's really helpful. You know, building friendships is a lot of work and it takes time. And so doing those kinds of things will be really helpful. So you could make a monthly lunch or coffee date or plans to get together for a walk or a hike, whatever you like to do with your friends. Do that, but set a time to do it in a recurring way. You know, be intentional about making it a recurring plan. I have a friend who meets someone regularly to go to Trader Joe's. So you can even run errands together with your friends. But essentially, you know, what I'm saying is it's important to prioritize making time 
prioritize your time and make the time for your friends. We are all busy. We all have the same amount of time. So caring for your friends involves prioritizing the time you spend on them, even if it's just over the phone, even if it's just a 20-minute call. And being intentional about how you show up in your interactions with them, being present and really, really listening. I felt so cared for by my friend during our coffee date because I knew she was listening with genuine interest. So listen to your friends. It goes without saying, when you show up, put your phone down for for the hour and listen, be present. Do whatever you need to do to minimize the distractions, even if it's just a short time. You know, maybe you don't want to put your phone away for a whole hour, but maybe just 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And then remember what your friends tell you when you're with them. If you know your friend has an important meeting coming up, set a reminder on your phone or however else you need to remind yourself to call or text her that day or him. (laughs) Start with these ideas. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are just suggestions. So start with suggestions, these suggestions, and see how it goes. I'm sure there are many other ways you can care for your friends. So, you know, you can ask them or you can come up with your own, but I'm offering you these suggestions to help you get started. And finally, I want to take just a minute to talk about the importance of receiving care from others without guilt. Let your friends take care of you. It may feel weird at first, but they want to do it, so let them. It will bring you closer together. And you don't have to feel guilty about it. There's a natural ebb and flow in relationships. Your turn to care for them is coming. (laughs) And so I mentioned earlier in this episode that I almost felt guilty dominating the conversation with my stories, but my friend wanted to hear from them. So it's okay to do that sometimes. It's how people get to know you and know what's happened in your life. You know, so many women in particular have a hard time with this. So I'm encouraging you to push yourself out of your comfort zone and share to take up the space. It's okay. You know, I met with someone yesterday, in fact, who said that she didn't want to seem needy by calling her friends when she needed them to like talk through something that she was going through and that is what I'm saying. It's like you're not needy if you ask for something from your friends. They want to hear from you. They want to help you. And I I told this person yesterday that, you know, I'm sure your friends would be upset if they heard that you were going through something and you didn't call them. And so call them, you know, take up the space. Maybe not every single time you're with them, but it's okay for you you to take your turn to be in the spotlight. Your friends want you to share so they know what's happening in your life and they can get to know you and they can be there for you. And the next time, return the favor and get to know them. That's all I have for this week. I will talk to you next time. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching, that's Kathleen with a K, dot com. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at drkathleenyoung.coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.